Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the major winter storm moving across the U.S., bringing heavy snow, dangerous cold, and freezing rain to more than 80 million Americans. Near whiteout conditions across the Midwest. Emergency preparations along the East Coast as airlines warn of flight cancellations throughout the MLK holiday weekend. Tonight, where the fast-moving storm is heading as states of emergency are declared ahead of the snow. Breaking news, new mask guidance from the CDC. What face covering provides the most protection from COVID? Plus, as the government announces how to get a free rapid test, we're inside a factory producing them. Russia's sabotage, the new U.S. intelligence that Putin is preparing a false flag operation as a pretext to invade Ukraine, and the news on that massive cyber attack. Body cam video released, what new footage from a Fayetteville, North Carolina fatal police shooting reveals. Double fault, the latest in the drama between the world's top tennis star and Australia. Will Novak Djokovic be deported before the Australian Open? Alec Baldwin's phone turned over. Why investigators want the actor's cell. And on the road, love lost and found again after more than four decades. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Friday night. We're going to begin with a monster winter storm that's expected to be the biggest of the season and is already causing dangerous travel conditions in the Midwest. The National Weather Service warns that part of the country could see 14 to 20 hours of continuous snowfall. Areas across the Dakotas, Minnesota and Iowa are expected to get as much as 10 inches before it's over. 
Meanwhile, states across the South have already begun preparations for the storm with North Carolina, South Carolina and Virginia declaring states of emergency. Tonight, more than a third of states are under winter storm watches or warnings through Sunday afternoon. Places as far south as Atlanta, which hasn't seen snow in four years, could get up to an inch. So we've got a lot to get to tonight. CBS's Elise Preston is in Moline, Illinois, where snow is falling already. Good evening, Elise. Good evening, Nora. The snow has really picked up here in western Illinois, the first punch of a massive winter storm. Already today, snow fell at a rate of more than an inch an hour, creating near whiteout conditions and turning driving hazardous. This truck flipped on the interstate north of Des Moines. No one was hurt. The driver of this car was hurt after losing control and rolling off the highway. Out in the open spaces out there, everything drifts over, so it's real hard to be able to get through. Meanwhile, in Georgia, preparations are already underway for snow and ice expected to arrive by Sunday. You can't fool Mother Nature. We all know that. So we're doing everything pre-storm that we can. Virginia has been prepping Interstate 95 since yesterday. You're looking at I-95 in Stafford County. Look at that aiming to avoid a repeat of last week's 40-mile standstill that stranded hundreds of drivers in freezing temperatures, some overnight. And with the storm approaching the East Coast, shoppers from Georgia to Maryland were already stocking up. We are prepared. We started preparing days ago for the, uh, the forecast that was coming down the pike. Up to a half a foot of snow is expected to hit here before morning, and it's a storm that airlines are watching closely. They've already began waiving fees for people who have decided to change their plans and not travel this holiday weekend. Nora? Elise Preston with all the details. Thank you. For more on where this storm is headed next, we're joined by meteorologist Mike Bettis from the Weather Channel's global headquarters. Good evening, Mike. This storm looks like a big one. Uh, good evening, Nora. Indeed, we are expecting a very potent winter storm to push its way through the south. And we can give you a virtual view of what cities like Charlotte, North Carolina may look like with several inches of snow anticipated. And it won't be just snow. For many places, especially the Carolinas, anticipating some heavier ice accumulation, damaging conditions across South and North Carolina. Widespread power outages are very likely here and next to impossible travel. When you take a look at the snow accumulations, snow as far south as Atlanta, one to three inches there, three to five across Middle Tennessee and Nashville, then heavier snow as the entire system pushes its way into the Northeast. Now, in the Northeast, the heaviest snow will be interior Northeast, where along the I-95 corridor, places like D.C. initially started snow, then go over to rain. But very heavy snow in places like Charleston, in Pittsburgh, very tough travel conditions through Pennsylvania, then on your way into New England. That's happening Sunday into Monday. The Martin Luther King holiday brings some rainforest around Boston down toward New York as conditions improve across the mid-Atlantic. But heavier snow, very persistent across much of the Northeast. The heavier snow accumulations are likely to be somewhere between 8 and 12 inches. Highest elevations get more than that. And the complicating factor in all this, Nora, is all of this accompanied by 40 to 50 mile per hour wind gusts. Wow, Mike Bettis with a virtual look at what many Americans will be seeing this weekend. Mike, thank you. Turning now to COVID and the breaking news, the CDC is updating its mask guidance. It comes as the surge of Omicron may be close to a peak, but hospitalizations are still hitting a record high. CBS's Manuel Bohorkas reports. 
Tonight, as Omicron continues to surge nationwide, pediatric hospitalizations are soaring, more than 360 percent, a mix of children admitted for COVID and some who test positive after being admitted. Only 35 percent of children aged 5 to 17 are fully vaccinated. Now New Orleans is among the first districts in the nation to require proof of COVID vaccination for eligible students as young as five years old by the beginning of February, though parents can opt their children out. In the last week, more than 1,600 students have tested positive for COVID. Based on the, the number that we're seeing right now and also hearing that the majority of our individuals who are being hospitalized right now uh, is the category of children. Uh, that's really concerning, alarming to me. Meanwhile, the Supreme Court's decision to strike down the Biden administration's vaccinate or test mandate for large companies has now left millions with a patchwork of state and local rules. At least one company, GE, has already suspended its policy requiring employees be vaccinated or tested. But demand for at-home rapid tests has never been higher. So this has been 24-7 now for weeks. Ron Gutman, co-CEO of the company that makes the on-go tests, showed us the -the round-the-clock operation at one of its manufacturing facilities. People have seen the consequences of not knowing if they are infected or not. And I think that people are more aware of the value of being tested regularly. We want to keep schools open. We want people to go back to work. And we want them to do it safely. And the CDC just updated its masking guidance, stopping short of recommending a specific mask, but instead telling Americans they should wear the most protective mask they can that fits well and will be worn consistently. In the meantime, the White House announced U.S. households will be able to order up to four rapid tests starting Wednesday at covidtests.gov. Nora? Annie Bohorquez, thanks. Well, tonight we're seeing body cam video for the first time after the deadly shooting of a black man by an off-duty sheriff's deputy in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Police only released short clips of the incident, but as CBS's Nancy Chen reports, we're now hearing from witnesses about what happened. I saw him. He jumped up. That fella jumped up on the hood. And he jumped out his car and shot it. Fayetteville police body camera video captures witnesses describing the moments before 37-year-old Jason Walker was shot and killed. Shot on the ground. Off-duty Sheriff's Deputy Jeffrey Hash was driving with his wife and child last Saturday when a witness says Walker ran into the road just 100 yards from his parents' home. Hash, a 16-year veteran, is seen calling for help after the shooting. Come back, Jason. And come out into the street. When police arrived, a man who identified himself as Walker's father calmly explains how he tried to call his son back from the street. See right there, pulled out. Okay. Pulled out one of the windshield wipers and he hit the windshield. He was already on the ground. Elizabeth Ricks saw the shooting and tried to save Walker's life. I need a alcohol powder, something wipe off his blood. She then told police what she witnessed. But I didn't see any post of threat. That's. So he was already on the ground and he shot him? Yeah. Hmm. It's like he hit him and then got out and, sh- and then just shot him. Attorney Benjamin Crump represents the Walker family. You see a black man on the ground shot and you go and you check on the white police officer who shot him. Last night, Walker's mother Janice spoke of her son's death. My prayer is that there will be peace. And most of all, justice. 
Walker was the single father of a 14-year-old. Hash has been placed on administrative leave pending a state investigation, and the FBI says it is monitoring the situation. Nora? Nancy Chen, thanks. All right, Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers, a far-right militia, made his initial court appearance in federal court in Plano, Texas today on seditious conspiracy charges related to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. A judge ordered him detained pending a hearing on January 20th. Tonight, U.S. officials are sounding the alarm about a Russian ploy designed to give Vladimir Putin an excuse to invade Ukraine. The warning follows a widespread cyber attack on Ukrainian government websites. We get details from CBS's Margaret Brennan. As Russia conducts military exercises on the Ukrainian border, U.S. intelligence revealed today that Russia has pre-positioned operatives trained in urban warfare and explosives to carry out acts of sabotage on its own pro-Russian fighters in eastern Ukraine. We have information that they've pre-positioned a group of operatives uh, to conduct what we call a false flag operation, um, uh, an operation uh, designed to look like an attack on them, again, as an excuse to, to go in. Adding to the tensions, a massive cyber attack that took down 70 Ukrainian government sites overnight. Ukraine's security service said initial signs pointed to Russian intelligence. Those hackers left behind an ominous message. Be afraid and expect the worst. U.S. and Ukrainian officials tell CBS News that the Kremlin is actively preparing the battlefield by using information warfare. They want to create confusion. They, they want to make sure that the Ukrainian government, the military, uh, is, is guessing that they're constantly searching for answers to lead to that fog of war and, and ideally give the Russian uh, military room to maneuver and operate without a response from the Ukrainians. So The hacking came just hours after a week-long diplomatic push failed to change Vladimir Putin's behavior. He has more than 100,000 Russian troops at Ukraine's border poised to invade. It is certainly the case that the threat of military invasion is high. With cyber attacks expected to continue, the U.S. has sent cybersecurity teams to Ukraine. To ensure that they can withstand that first hit by the by the Russians should they invade. Now, the Biden administration and allies are being pressed by Ukraine to sanction Russia now rather than wait to see if Vladimir Putin goes any further. And Nora, U.S. Homeland Security is warning American companies of potential fallout if there is a major cyber attack in Ukraine. All right. I know you'll have more on this Sunday on Face the Nation. Margaret, thanks. Tonight, the world's top-ranked tennis player Novak Djokovic faces deportation after the Australian government revoked his visa for the second time. Djokovic's legal team said that Immigration Minister Alex Hawke argued that allowing him to stay would excite anti-vaccination sentiment in the country. CBS's Charlie Daggett has the back and forth for us. Not long after Novak Djokovic grabbed some practice on court, his lawyers were back in court fighting new orders to have him detained and deported again. With the tournament now three days away, the immigration minister revoked his visa on health and good order grounds because Djokovic is unvaccinated. 
After a judge overturned the first order to revoke his visa earlier this week, Djokovic admitted to a double fault. His agent gave incorrect information on his immigration form, and he took part in an interview and photo shoot despite having tested positive for COVID, which he called an error of judgment. Australians have endured one of the strictest and longest lockdowns in the world. And the government has faced a backlash for allowing an unvaccinated player into the country in the first place. Frankly, I think he shouldn't be here and he shouldn't be allowed to play. If everyone else has to follow the rules, why can't he? And obviously he thought he was above it all. The other players have their right and they've done the right thing. And Djokovic hasn't. So uh, see you later, Djokovic. If the Australian government gets its way, this is about as close as the world number one will get to defending his title as Australian Open champion. Djokovic is being detained by border guards while he waits for a judge to hear his appeal. That decision could come just hours before the tournament begins on Monday. Nora? We'll be watching Charlie Daggett. Thanks. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom terms apply. Tonight, the cell phone actor Alec Baldwin used on the day of that fatal shooting on his movie set Rust is now in the hands of investigators. Baldwin's attorney says he handed over the phone today. Investigators believe it holds key conversations related to the shooting. Tonight, newly released body camera video shows the heroic efforts to evacuate families from the deadly Marshall fire that erupted last month in Colorado's Boulder County. We see officers pounding on doors, urging people to leave, and rounding up dogs and horses before the most destructive fire in Colorado history torched nearly 1,100 homes. Tonight, a lucky dog named Sammy is back with her family in Seattle. A week after their home was destroyed in a landslide, firefighters cut through the floor and walls to find Sammy on Thursday after she was heard whimpering. She was trapped in a tight space and apparently survived on rainwater. Oh, glad she's home. Nothing breaks the heart more than love lost, but there's nothing that heals it like love found, even four decades later. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. For most of her adult life, 68-year-old Jean Gustafson has suffered from chronic regret. Can't turn back the clock. I wish I could. Would you do anything different? Yes, I would have married him. I would have married him. What Jean so regrets is breaking up with her college sweetheart. So this was the spring of 72. A guy she met in the German club at Loyola University in Chicago. This is Steve and I in the back here. Gene says he would have made the perfect husband. A lot of memories here. If only he'd been white. My mother was absolutely livid. I mean, What did she say? What didn't she say? How could I disgrace the family? It was not pretty. Partly because of those pressures, Gene broke up with Steve Watts and never saw him again. Until a few months ago, when she tracked him down at this Chicago nursing home. What I found was sort of a broken man. Like Jean, Steve was divorced with no kids. 
But life for him had been much harder. He'd fallen on terrible times. He was homeless, had two strokes, and was almost unrecognizable the day Gene walked back into his life. But he's still the wonderful, gorgeous man that I knew. Did all those feelings come rushing back? Yes, for both of us. And so, with her mother no longer in the way, Jean made arrangements to move Steve from the nursing home to her home in Portland, Oregon. Sleeping. I feel terribly lucky that I get a second chance. Steve? Steve's health issues have left him bedridden, but his mind is sharp and his heart young. In fact, if you listen closely, you can still hear his devotion, unwavering after all these years. Race drove its wedge, and love wormed its way back. And their story isn't over, I don't think. Has he proposed? I'm not at liberty to say. Hypothetically, if he did propose, what would your answer be? Hypothetically, yes. Sounds like a follow-up. Should I book a ticket? Hypothetically, yes. (laughs) Steve Hartman, CBS News, on the road. Never let go of true love. Sunday on Face the Nation, Margaret's guests include Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, Virginia Senator Tim Kaine, and Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas. And remember, if you cannot watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. Hope you have a great and a safe weekend. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>